All right, good morning, church family. Good to be with you this morning. All of you joining us online around the world, wherever you are. God bless you. Thanks for joining us as well. Let's get into God's Word. If you brought a Bible you want to turn, maybe pick the Gospel of Luke chapter 5. We're going to look at several passages of Scripture together. Uh, you could also do the YouVersion Bible app. All the verses will be right there in the palm of your hand. But however you want to get into God's Word, let's do that together. And as you're finding your spot, uh, have you ever seen one of those guys who goes to the gym, maybe see him around, and it's obvious he loves to work his upper body... <laughs> but he skips leg day. You know what I'm talking about? It's obvious he skips leg day. I mean, look at these. These guys posted pictures of themselves. But I mean, look, look at the guy on the left. He's huge. His upper body's huge. But he's got chicken legs. I never tell him that to his face, but, uh, you know. <laughs> so they, they skip leg day. And then it kind of hit me. I saw this image. Think about the Christian life and the, the religious life, if you will, and just how many Christians we do this. Like, we like to do the stuff that makes us appear strong visibly to others, if we're being honest. You know, we got our books, and we do our Facebook posts, and we wear our T-shirts, and we go to our conferences, and that's all the visible upper body strength stuff. But what about the, the underneath stuff, the, the bottom stuff, the private stuff? of prayer and private worship and scripture memory and meditation and personal Bible study. Y'all, that's leg day in the Christian life. And I think if we're being honest, we skip leg day too often. And we kind of look like one of those guys, right? Which is why I really appreciate uh, what TCA has done. This year, they've, they, every year they have a theme and they pick a verse. And uh, our roommates uh, next door, our next door neighbors, picked this verse for this year. It's 1 John 2, 6. It's whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Straight up, that verse. Woof. Okay, so what that means is, my beloved, if you claim to be in Christ, that means you need to follow after Christ so that you can like, walk like Christ. Are you with me? Okay. You, if you claim, you're a Christian, you claim to be in Christ, that means you got to follow after Christ so that you can walk like Christ. This is how I imagine Jesus walked. All right. <laughs> right? That's a whole idea. So it, it would behoove us, if you claim to be a Christian, it would behoove us then to ask the question, well, how did Jesus walk? To walk means to live. You got to go back 2,000 years. Everybody walked. So to walk means to live. So how did Jesus live? How did he walk? What did he do? Matter of fact, what are some of, the, some of the things he did the most? What are some of the things he did most often? In other words, what were some of his habits? Habits are an important part of life. Matter of fact, Duke University did a research study and found that basically 40% of the daily activities that we do are habitual. We do them out of habit. How many of you are sitting in the same seat that you normally sit in on Sundays? And guilty, convicting laugh just spread across the room, right? We do stuff out of habit. So it's a fair question, I think a good question to ask, what were the habits of Jesus? For those of us who claim to be in him, so we can walk after him, so we can walk like him, it would behoove us to learn his habits. Are you with me? Makes sense. Okay. So over the next few weeks, Eric and I are going to talk about the habits of Jesus so that we can imitate him. Okay, as I comb through the Gospels, the, the first habit that just sort of pops out at you repeatedly 
is the habit of what I'll call solitude. Look at all these verses with me. Mark 1, verse 35 says, In the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Luke 4, 42. When day came, Jesus left and went to a secluded place, and the crowds were searching for him and came to him and tried to keep him from going away from them, but they couldn't do it. And then next chapter, chapter 5, here we go. But the news about him was spreading even farther, and large crowds were gathering to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Chew on that verse 16 with me, would you please? But Jesus himself would often, often, this was a habit. Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness, a secluded place, for the purpose of prayer. It almost seemed like the greater the crowds, the more he slipped away. The more the stress, the more the solitude. He would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. And then it hit me. If the Son of God himself felt the need to do this, who am I to think that I don't? May I put it to you straight? If the Son of God himself felt the need to do this, how much more should you and I make a habit out of doing this as well? Do you feel that? Are you with me? All right. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning, is how to imitate this habit of Christ. I love our youth group is already doing this. Mark Winkler, our next generation, is teaching our youth to have habits, H-A-B-I-T-S. They made an acrostic out of it. And the very first H, the very first habit we're trying to instill in the next generation is the habit of what they call H, hang time with God. So how do you have a hang time with God? Awesome question. Here's how. Last verse. Let's just own this verse right here. Mark chapter 6, verse 31. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a little while. For there were many people coming and going, and they, the disciples, did not even have time to eat. How many of you have gotten so busy with your life that you've skipped a meal? Okay, all of us type A people just raised our hands. <laughs> This message is for us. Some of you are like, all hell could break loose. I ain't skipping no meal for nobody. (laughs) Okay, so here's, beloved, this is the invitation of Jesus to his disciples, and may I say it to you. This is his invitation to you. This is how to have a hang time with God. Let's just own it phrase by phrase. Let's digest this. First phrase, come away, he said come away. In other words, this is an intentional act, a purposeful act of getting out of the traffic of life, getting away from the hustle and bustle, getting away from the noise, come away, removing yourself from the distractions. This is an intentional choice of how to spend your time. This is putting it on the calendar and not letting anything else interfere with that time. This is your appointment with God. Come Come away with me, Jesus 
invites us. And if we're going to imitate him well, he did it in the morning. That's what you see consistently, as he would spend God, a time with the, God the Father in the mornings. And I know some of you are first responders. God bless you. Some of you are nurses. You have the night shift. God bless you. And that just doesn't work for you with your schedule. There's grace for that. But for us normal people who have normal schedules, I would exhort you as a brother to come away in the morning with the Lord. If you're going to imitate him, it's what he did. And you know what I found in my life, if I'm just being honest with you? When I do this, my days go better. My attitude is better. I, quite frankly, I don't sin as much. But when I don't do this, I feel like I'm playing defense all day. It's like, the difference is like, when you have this morning time with God, you're like a point guard in basketball, right? Like you're in control, you know the play, you know what's going on, you got this, you're on offense. But when you don't have this morning time with God, you feel like you're playing defense and pickleball, right? You're like on your heels all day. There's a big difference. It's huge to do this, if at all possible, in the morning. Come away with me in the morning. It matters. Jesus did it. If you want to imitate him, do it in the morning. Matter of fact, this uh, God convicted me of this last week. And I'm going to share this with you, and I'm going to ask you to hold me accountable. So I have an iPhone with, that does a facial recognition thing. You all have one of those? Okay. Does Samsung do that? Okay. So facial recognition. I have gotten in the bad habit of waking up. When I first wake up in the morning, the first thing I do all too often is grab my phone. See which one of y'all have texted me at odd hours or emailed me or see what the news is. Grab my phone first. Because you got to do, do facial recognition to open your phone, right? And then I'm preparing this message for y'all. <laughs> and God's like, hey, Sherm, how about this? Before you give your phone some facial recognition, how about you give me some facial recognition? How about you give me some FaceTime first? God first. FaceTime with the Father first. Are you with me? Amen. Okay. So if you'd like to join me in this, I'm going to invite you to email me. My email is the letter J, my last name Sherman, at trinitybible.com. All you got to do is put in the subject line, facial recognition. If you're, if, you, if you're willing to join me in this commitment of spending time with the Father first before you grab your phone, email me facial recognition, and I'll know that you're with me. And then three weeks from now, I'll email you and see how it's going. And you can ask me the same thing. Let's do some mutual accountability to this, all right? If you want to have a hang time with God, the very first step is you have got to come away to get some face time with the Father, all right? That's first. Come away, Jesus said. Second phrase, by yourselves. Come away by yourself. This is you and God time alone, right? This is an, for an audience of one. Blaise Pascal, the French mathematician and philosopher in the 1600s, said that basically all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. I think that's truer today than ever before. 
Because parents, grandparents, if we're being honest with all the technology we have today, we are raising a generation of people who don't know how to sit quietly in a room alone without their gadgets. You see it everywhere you go. You can't sit quietly in a restaurant without your gadget. You can't sit quietly in a room alone without your gadget. All of humanity's problems stem from our inability to sit quietly in a room alone. We've lost the art of this. Matter of fact, I think, as I've thought about it, see if you agree with me, I don't think there's a a spoken fear about this. I think there's an unspoken fear of silence in our culture. You agree with me? Think about it. Everywhere you go, there's noise or background noise. Beth and I went to the grocery store last night. She made brownies. I got to eat ice cream with my brownies. Needed some ice cream. All right. Went to the grocery store last night to get some ice cream. There's music at the grocery store. You go to the bank, there's music. You go to a sporting event. When there's a timeout, it's supposed to be for rest. They have some kind of video or music or game. There's, there's the absence of silence in our culture today. We're scared of it. And it is devastating to the spiritual condition of the soul of America. I think. And we, re- we need to reteach and model how to be quiet alone in a room in order to connect with God at a deeper level. You remember the story in 1 Kings 19 of Elijah? He was this great prophet of God, used by God greatly, but now he's kind of on the run, all right, in fear for his life. And so he's trying to hide out, and he comes to this one place on Mount Horeb, and God meets him there. But the Bible is clear. It's, it's this great story. There's this huge story torment of storm that comes by, but the Bible says God God wasn't in the storm. Then there was this major earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. Then there's this huge fire, but God wasn't in the fire. And then it says, depending on which translation you use, there was a still small voice, and that was God. That translation, still small voice, when you go in the original language, it's describing the sound after the storm. Don't you just love it after the storm? What's that sound like? Quiet. Silence. That's when God met with him. In the Simon and Garfunkel, sound of silence. You want to meet with God? You want to go deep with God? Get alone and get quiet. Come away by yourself. Third, to a secluded place. In other words, get away from other people, right? To a secluded place. Jesus often went to the wilderness outside. I like that too. That's my spot. But to a secluded place because, think about it, beloved, if you want to get deep and personal and intimate with someone, the reality is you've got to get alone with them. I learned this a long time ago, spring of 1989. I got my group of friends, and we're all going to the Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith concert, all right? I know that's dating me. We're all in college, and in my group of friends, there's this one cute girl from Missouri named Beth, and I really wanted to get to know her, but all my friends were around, all up in my space, Like, I'm trying to get to know this girl. I want to sit next to her. Didn't get to sit next to her. Trying to get to know her. But I couldn't because all these other people are around, right? All up in my space. 
Eight years later, I finally married her. Long story. It's all my fault. Anyway, but that, if you really want to get personal with someone, you want to get intimate with someone, you've got to get alone with them, or her in my case. Same with God. If you really want to go deep with God, come away by yourself to a secluded place. One-on-one, mano a mano, for an audience of one. This is why, remember when Jesus was teaching us to pray? In Matthew 6, he taught us to pray this way. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So may I ask you a personal question? Do you have an inner room? Where's your secluded place? Where's your wilderness? Uh, Like the Kendrick brothers say, where's your war room? Where you just spend time alone with God. If you don't have a place, find one. Find one. Come away by yourself to a secluded place. And then finally, rest a little while. I love that. Rest a little while. My beloved, I think we have lost the value of good rest in this country. I will raise my hand. I have lost the value of good rest. Matter of fact, I have sleep apnea. I uh, went to do one of these sleep studies a handful of years ago where you go, you spend the night at this place. It kind of looks like a hotel room, but they got you all wired up. And then you go the next night and they put all these masks on you and try to make, help you breathe better. Uh, I was called non-compliant. <laughs> so read into that what you will. Uh, so I, I'm, I am convinced, honestly, that some of my other health issues that I have are related to the fact that I don't sleep long or deeply. And it has a collateral impact on the rest of my health. And I believe that's true spiritually as well. May I say it to you? When you and I don't spend this time of rest in the Father's presence, that has a collateral impact on our spiritual health. Come away by yourself to a secluded place and rest for a little while. Remember when Jesus taught us this in Matthew 11? He said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This hit me in a fresh way as I was meditating on this. Same invitation of Christ, right? Come to me. Beloved, rest is available to you 24-7. You just got to go get it. Come to me, Jesus said. All here's, here's the cool thing. Pastor, what kind of rest are we talking about? All who are weary, that's physical, and burdened, that's emotional or spiritual. Are you tired physically? Are you tired emotionally? Come to me. Jesus says, and I will give you rest. And that's the last thing that hit me. This kind of rest, it's a gift of God. 
He'll give it to you. You got to go get it, but it's free 24-7 available to you. It's a gift. Rest for your body, rest for your soul. It's like those uh, rest areas along the highways in America, right? We're cruising down the highway, 75 or 80 miles an hour, right? Going by fast. And you see the sign for the rest area. And in order for you to find that rest, you have to exit. You've got to find a parking spot. You've got to put your car in park, turn your car off, and rest. And so it is in life. Spiritually speaking, you've got to find exit, right? Come away. You've got to find your parking spot where you can be still and quiet. Turn your car off and rest. Go get it. Go get it, my brothers and sisters. Christ will give it to you. Rest for your body. Rest for your soul. Go get it. Come, come away with me. The biblical term for that is abiding. Remember what Jesus said last verse, John 15. He said, abide in me as I abide in you, just as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, so you cannot bear fruit unless you abide in me. To abide means to make your home in, to remain, all right? To abide. And as I was on my hike uh, just this week, I was thinking about this, and here's what God taught me. Have you ever been to a home, someone else's home, that's just an absolute home of peace? You know what I'm talking about? Like nobody's, no family's perfect, all right? But this home is a home of peace. Mom and dad have worked really hard on their marriage. They've reconciled their differences. They've made peace. They're at peace. If there are children present, they're respectful. They're well-mannered. There's just love dominates this home. And when you spend time there, you can't help but kind of absorb some of the vibe of this home. It's so good. Your, your blood pressure goes down and your, your defenses go down and, and just the love and peace in that home, just, it just begins to seep or absorb into your soul. You know what I'm talking about? And then it hit me. God's like, that's why I want you to spend time in my home. So that's what you can do with me. Because if we're being honest, James 1.27 says, this is religion that God our Father sees as pure and faultless, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. You and I, in our engagement in the world, it's a polluted world full of sin and sinners, and by our engagement in it, we allow some of that pollution to seep into our souls. That is why it is desperately important that you, you and I come away by ourselves to a secluded place and rest for a little while and abide in the home of Jesus Christ and in the presence of God so so that we can absorb all that he has for us in his home. It's the fruit of the Spirit. you got to purge all the junk out of your soul and absorb his love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and let that absorb into your soul so you can purge all the stuff that's of the world that's not of God, that's a cancer to your soul, and absorb the, all that he has that's full up in his home. And the only place you can do that, the only way you can do that, is by coming away by yourself to a secluded place and abiding in the presence of God. And camping out there, you've got to camp out there long enough. This, Jesus said, come away by yourself to a secluded place and rest 
a little while. Pastor Sherm, how long is a little while? Long enough until that happens. Until the pollution of the world is out and the fruit of the Spirit is in. Beloved, doing that is leg day in the Christian life. It was a habit of Christ. May I exhort you as a brother to make it a habit of yours. And we're going to practice it right now. I'm going to confess to you as a leader of the church, I have allowed this um, fear of silence to creep into the church. And so we're going to fix that today. And here's what I'm going to ask of you for the next several minutes. I'm going to ask that we have a time of silent prayer as a church. So if you would, please make sure all your phones are silent or off. Okay? Children, I'm asking the same of you. Students, I'm asking the same of you. Okay? All the children in here, this is really important that you learn how to do this. We're trying to teach you, for the sake of your soul, children, to sit quietly in a room. Just you and God. You can do this. All right? Adults, you can do this too. But let's respect one another. And I'm just going to ask as a church, if we could please, just have a time of silent prayer. And if you would, here's how I'd love for you to, to guide your time of prayer. Really two things is to just find rest for your soul. Just allow Jesus to give you the gift of that rest. If you need to receive forgiveness, do it. If you need to forgive, do it. Whatever you need to do to find rest for your soul, do it. And then just camp out at the feet of God and camp out there long enough this morning that you just begin to absorb all that's in his home for you. And we're going to do this for a while in silence until it gets uncomfortable. And then we'll close with a couple of worship songs. Are you with me? Okay, let's, let's have our time of silent prayer.